0: This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5.
1: And on ESPN 92.5.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan.
1: As if we needed any more content, the content God strike again last night. We're going to sleep. Again, I get one of those tweets, one of those one of those notifications, and you always look now with the time that we're living in here in Houston. Is it Watson? Who is it going to be this time? And in case you don't know, the Rams, Troy Lions made a deal in exchanging quarterbacks and a few picks. Now here's how it went down. The Rams, in exchange, they're giving up the two, two first-round picks and a third round for one Matt Stafford. What
2: was your first thoughts when you saw that? I feel good for Matt Stafford. I mean, talk about a guy that's paid his dues in Detroit and tried and tried and tried. It just wasn't working out. So I'm glad to see him get another shot. I think this is a deal where the L.A. market, they're fighting for their fan base, right? The Chargers, they have a young, exciting quarterback in L.A. So the Rams are like, hey, you know, we want the L.A. people to be fans of us. Let's go make a move. Let's, Im- let's improve our quarterback situation. So I felt like it was a lot. You know, it's a. I think it's a first round pick next year, and then a first round pick the year after that. And I think it's a third round pick in this year's draft. And they get Jared Goff. You could kind of tell Jared Goff maybe wasn't getting along very well with the Rams. You know, when they were talking about not starting him in the playoffs, and then he had to play anyway. You could tell maybe things weren't going very well. So I like the move for Stafford Uh, for fantasy. I like it for Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I, I, I think I think that'll help them. Uh, there's a few levels to this, right?
1: Because now that you're hearing, I guess the first reaction for many, especially here in Houston, would say, well, if Stafford's worth that, then what is Watson worth? Give us the whole city. But then when you think the mistakes that the Rams have made over the last few years, not just with golf, they made a few, but let's t- talk just with golf. In the way they acquired him, what they traded in that draft to be able to get him, now – the contract, after that Super Bowl run, and I say run, not title, yep. they, you know, a new coach, McVay, maybe feeling himself a little bit, the organization feeling themselves and saying, well, what do you want to do here? Obviously, it had to It had to have run across. They had to have checked with McVay at some point. Is this the guy for us? He had to have signed off somewhere saying, yeah, Jared Goff is that guy. Here we are. About $43 million left over the next two years. So there's two levels to that. Because if you really look at it, I think that for Stafford was the first and the third. Having to take over that amount of money was the reason to throw in that other pick. Mm -hmm. Now you're seeing that there was a need around the league from other teams. Teams were reaching out about Stafford. And they moved him fast, too. You saw the new coach come out and say, things are hot and heavy. We got to watch him. We're going to talk about him, too. But there was a need, obviously. But the need wasn't what you're seeing on paper now. It was a help me, help us. We got to get out of this. What are your thoughts here, Dell? Because I'm not sure that I'm a believer in golf. Even with a mastermind like McVay behind him, I'm not sure what he's going to be in Detroit.
3: Yeah, Detroit will tell you, and they apparently have already had discussions with golf which is weird because the trade's not official <laughs> and even the nfl official account tweeted about the trade when it's not official so it can't even go through until like march 17th yeah. um, but um, some andrew Brandt who tweets uh kind of snarky goes the nfl their official twitter account tweeted i think they said either stafford or golf is on the move and he was like the official window for trades doesn't begin until the sev- the march 17th lol because the nfl is acknowledging it we all know it's happening even though it's not even official I don't believe the Lions when they tell you that uh, they're excited, if they tell us they're excited about golf, because they they took they, they're give, they got picks back to take them. It was like an NBA trade where, sure, there's a big-time player going one way, but we'll take your bad contract because golf as a player is so undervalued that the contract was a hindrance to making the deal. So the, the Rams had to throw in picks to to take a starting quarterback back. That's where golf is as far as how NFL teams look at them. So the Lions probably look at it the same way. And they can, they can talk about it all they want. But let's just say the Dolphins give them a call. Hey, we'll trade down to seven. Are you interested in the quarterback? Um, let's see Let's see if they stick with the whole we love golf. So I think that, that particular situation is still open-ended. And all that's to say that, no, I don't believe in golf. I watch golf. And if they're not running the football and the play-action game is not a thing, him just dropping back the pass— the Rams weren't good when, when they asked him to do that. So I, I don't know what Goff is other than he'll be
2: he'll be a highly paid bridge, I think, in Detroit. That's why he has the nickname Goffle. I mean, you, you don't play well and get that nickname. Goffle, especially in yes. cold
1: weather. That's one of the first things I thought because then I said, okay, Lions, let me see the division. Well, he's playing in Chicago now, cold. Green Bay. You, you start thinking. Okay, that's not good for him. Every time that we went to handicap a game with the Rams and golf in cold weather, that's one of the first things that always came up because he struggles in that cold weather. Also, you have a coach Dan Campbell now saying he's going to bite the opponent's kneecaps off. Golf doesn't strike me as that guy. You know, he just oh. he just doesn't fit that. There's going to be a he's going to have to pull him by the ear. You know, get get up here. You know, that's just what I see here. I don't see golf being that guy. It's exactly what Dell said. A bridge, an expensive bridge at that, but you're hearing that they tried to get a top 10 pick with the the, the, the first round picks aren't this year. So it's not going to be a top 10 pick. Right. The teams, the other that were reaching out, weren't willing to give up a top 10 pick. So that's where you see, okay, I guess they took him to, it was a help me help you thing. But at the same time, I'm not sure that the lions, because you hear, okay, on the Rams, would they rely on the run game this year? The great defense, the Lions don't run. The Lions don't have a great defense, no. so you're relying on his talent. And then Kenny G probably going to be gone, right? Yeah, so, he's a free agent. So then what is Goff expected to do? I think it's it's deemed for just a destruction of things, and especially with that coach. I mean, he doesn't convince me. You think that they're going to get off? You think that he's going to have the right thing coming from McVay to that? Someone that Band-Aid? I'm, now you're hearing – now if, go look at the stats for the Rams during – the McVay and Goff tenure that, that little error that lasted so short they hardly ever try to get to third down and longs like their whole objective was to win on first and second down so we have easy for him they had to cut off pieces of that playbook in a certain fashion to to critique to him McVay's got to be thinking finally i got something someone to to let me get it downfield and if anyone, Stafford, we could say we want about him, but that's a guy that played broken. I mean, that guy that yeah. guy was broken in pieces many, many of times.
2: And it's that zero running game, to your point.
1: Zero. How many, what was that consecutive streak of games without a
2: 100-yard rusher? It was almost in the 30s. Yeah, and they haven't had – I don't think they've had a running back rush for 1,000 yards since Reggie Bush was there. think how long ago that was. I forget about that yeah. era, the Reggie Bush era. That's how long it's been. Just for the Rams –
1: I guess finally making up for the mistakes now going, it's going to be, I think a six year span where they won't have a first round pick. I think maybe even seven.
2: Yeah. Cause of the Jalen Ramsey trade, right?
1: Yes. So now you, you say, was this the move that they needed to make? Was this a right now move? Was this a move maybe off emotion where they sit right now, mentally thinking with that defense that we had with that run game that they had
2: and all that held us back was that quarterback. Well, I've, um that that's got to be what they're thinking. And that division is so tough now, you know, with Russell Wilson and now Kyler Murray taking off and I mean the 49ers, we forget, they were just in the Super Bowl not that long ago. So I mean, that's a tough division. Where do you go forward from here though because it always takes that first big domino to fall. I'm
1: not sure that that domino falls in the direction that should guide teams on what Watson is worth or not, but at the same time, you know, all right, if if what if if Stafford's a one in the 3, at that age, with those injuries, what is Watson?
2: I think it's about status quo, right? You know, it starts at three first-round picks for Watson, and maybe there's some a second or a third thrown in there. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I think I don't think this hurts the Texans value-wise. Let's see what Jeff thinks. Jeff, you're on moneyline. What's going on?
4: All right.
5: So the reason the Lions got such a sweetheart deal for the golf deal is because the new general manager drafted Jared Goff when he was in the front office of the Rams.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that and he, he was, and he had a big tie to him. You're exactly right. Do you think that that was a good trade on either side? What side would you rather be on?
5: I would rather be on the Lions' side. Why is that? Because I do think that they do have a decent running game. I think they can talk Galladay into coming back. Um, and I also think that they can get one more free agent wide receiver, um, to come in there. So I think, I think golf will be okay. Um, I do, I mean, I think it's a win win on both sides. I like the Lions because of the picks that they got. But what the Rams got in Stafford, I agree with the fantasy value for now, Cup and Woods. That's going to go through the roof. Yep, and and with Acres at running back and that defense, that West is going to be fun to watch this coming year.
1: Yeah, he makes a, front, a great point. The, the, the new general manager over there was the one that basically had a piece of that. Of, of, they say one of the biggest input uh, on golf. He he was a true fan. So obviously now when he's at a new place and he's seeing that there was a need, he knows that. Again, though, but he knows that. They they have to, he has to know that they overpaid him some. That it was they jumped the gun. If he's willing to take that chance again, I just I feel sorry for Detroit Lions fans, honestly. And I know I got a few on here because I got a few followers of mine that are from Detroit. They're probably watching right now. Hey, call in 713 780 3776 because with a new coach, a new front office, to say, and just a team that isn't proven to to, to to make the best decisions, man, that's a big gamble on golf, an
2: expensive one. I think they're rebuilding. Yeah. I I think they're looking over at the Packers and going, hey, maybe by the time we're good, Aaron Rodgers won't be here anymore. I I think that's how you have to approach it. The Vikings, they took a step back. They're not great. The Bears are the Bears every year. So I think it's actually a pretty good move for Detroit to be like, yeah, let's get good by the time Aaron Rodgers is going to be dipping out of here, and then maybe we can start winning divisions. And that's Brad Holmes that he's talking about. And you go back. Okay, we talk about how did they get
1: golf in that draft? They they had to trade up, right? They gave up picks, so then now that guy is still that I'm not gonna say in love, but he's still intrigued. Let's say you're still that intrigued on golf as as what you've seen that he held he held you back. Those Rams team, I, I'm excited to see what Stafford will do with with that, those kind of
2: weapons and McVeigh. I'm yeah. excited. Me too. I mean. He's got some good receivers. I'm with our caller there too. I think Cam Akers gets a nice bump next year. Yeah, I just now where we're at right now in time, it's it's a funny time. I
1: said the other day that I felt old seeing guys like Rivers finally retire or or now you got Breeze maybe walking off soon. Yeah. Look at all the people that are on the market. Like let's say the phone rings for the Raiders. They got cap trouble, but they got two quarterbacks right there. Does a team go for Carr? Does a team go for Mariota? You have guys like maybe even Winston out there. You have guys out there that are names that are all of a sudden you're thinking. I mean, even Jimmy G can be moved. Yeah, with the way his structure, his contract structured, you start thinking, wow. I've I've seen some football and I've seen a lot of carousels going around in off seasons, but this one seems a little bit different. There's names out there that that that, that can fit on on some teams. You start putting Derek Carr with Shanahan. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's automatically a winner, but that that's intriguing. What is Shanahan doing now that he sees that division? And now you're seeing reports that the 49ers had a couple offers trying to get that move for for Stafford. They were one of, in, in that mix,
2: and and that makes sense. You know that would be a good fit for them. So you got to you got to think that they'll be after Deshaun now. That scares me. That's where I was getting at. At 25 to one,
1: the 49ers are up on that list. At 25 to one, I think that that is a solid bet because a team that just showed you. The, the, everyone sees that they were trying to get Stafford. They were throwing out multiple offers, but again, not one that it was two first-round picks. None of that, but ones that they consider reasonable. They're trying to move him. You think that Shanahan doesn't over there? He's he, he's like Smithers right now. I, I need that. I need, Imagine that combination. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> imagine that combination. I, I just. I, that's what I think that separates all this. There's such a need. There's such a need, any team, no matter where you're at right now, when you say the laughing stock, the the Texans did what in one year? Hopkins, when when Hopkins hit the market, people had to rub their eyes twice. What? Get him on the phone. Star 69 him. Call him off my sister's phone. Get him on the phone. Now, whenever Watson's out there, you you know people are thinking, all right, who's in charge over there? Okay, well, it's a little different. Casario took over. Maybe he's a little bit more of a hardball player, but. Is there, is there a way that we can possibly get Deshaun Watson? This
2: isn't real life, is it? No. And if you're a Texans fan, okay, we traded away Clowney. We traded away Hopkins. Now there's rumors that they're either going to trade or cut J.J. Watt, and Deshaun might get traded. You know, as a Texans fan, are you kidding me? All those guys are going to be out the door within a year or two? It's unbelievable. Let's go over
1: to the HRP listener line one more time. Our man Lamont wants to talk Texans. I know this is going to be good. What's up, man?
4: say, hey, man, uh, I just really wonder if Deshaun Watson, uh, and this is no prolific take or anything, uh, i didn't heard people uh, uh, kind of allude to this, but outside of the Miami Dolphins, I can't think of a situation that Deshaun Watson uh, can go to that 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 they're going to be good because uh, Deshaun Watson is going to require lots of assets, man. Uh, I'm thinking three, maybe four first-round picks. Uh, if you take that away from a a sorry team like like the Jets, you cripple them, and, and we already seen that. Uh, uh, although everybody thinks Deshaun is all world, in reality that dude went four and twelve. He being, he's not enough to overcome what a lot of people think he is, man. Uh, and that's pretty much all. I, uh, oh, oh, and my point about uh, the whole culture, I had tweeted you guys this. Uh, Deshaun Watson was the one that pretty much got the whole culture uh, stuff kicked off with his last interview, uh, I call it the exit interview, uh, press conference. And then when McNair hired uh, Jack East to be the first thing he came out and said was, a lot of people say that our culture is bad. Uh, uh, I assure you that it, it's not. In other words, in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, I was like, uh, that almost seems like a little a sub tweeting right there, a little sub-press conference uh, jab. That's all I have, fellas.
2: Cool. Lamont's on to
1: something there. I mean that's that's where we're at right now. It just it could have been handled differently. Going back to what we spoke about in the first hour, just it could have been handled it could have been handled differently, and now you have yourself here. As Dell Dolphins are second on the list as far as odds, and we've heard their name pop up a little bit. They have a quarterback that maybe you can put in here to to fulfill this whole sum. But then you say, Does, do the Dol- is that in the best interest of the Dolphins? And then I also said, well, this is the best move for Watson in his career. I guess personally he thinks for him to have success, the money's there. The money isn't going anywhere. We know what his worth is, but does going on the Jets give him success? What's How much of a window now that we saw that he's not going to give this organization that window after, don't get me wrong, he did, but it didn't happen. The window didn't open.
2: So what's the window for the Jets before he's displeasured? And let's be real. That division's getting a lot more difficult, right? Dolphins are – looking like a good up-and-coming team. The Bills were just in the AFC Championship game. You go to the Jets without a first-round pick for the next three or four years, and and you're going to win that division? I don't see that happening.
1: It doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Hopefully it makes sense to you. Again, the phone lines are open. It's a get-it-off-your-chest
1: Sunday. We appreciate all the feedback. 713-780-3776. This is Moneyline ESPN 97.5.
0: ESPN. Ninety-seven This is Money Line on ESPN ninety-seven five.
1: And on ESPN ninety-two five.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan.
1: Yeah, you heard them. It's right. It's Moneyline. We're back in one piece. And it's a get it off your chest Sunday. It's a lot happening within the city. A lot of heartbreak. A lot of dark days maybe ahead. We hope not. But according to, let's call it, it, went from rumors to now just news. And that's when you know it's getting real. So let's see how real it is to Eric. Eric, what's going on? You're on Moneyline.
5: Hey, uh, yeah, I'm a. Big fan of the show, first-time caller, Houston Texans fan. Uh, been a fan since, you know, back in the Oilers' days I'm 33. It's been, been kind of rough, you know, the last few years. And the San Francisco idea kind of has me intrigued because if you did something like, say, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kittle, and two firsts for Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun with Shanahan – that might
2: make everybody a winner,
5: you know? Um, I don't know what you guys think. I'll just hang up and listen. Appreciate it.
2: That's interesting, Eric. And, hey, thanks for listening, man. We appreciate it. Look, you put Kittle in the deal and have a lot of first-round picks, I'd, I'd be a lot more interested. And, start,
1: and Jimmy G. You start talking Kittle, it's on. Jimmy yeah. G, man, I feel like the way that he got structured, it's a matter of time. Shanahan's in the same position as maybe not same, but but close to as far as thought-wise as far as McVay and Goff. It holds me back. Jimmy G, he's a, he's a bridge quarterback. I you know if Shanahan paired with, with Watson, but then again, they got to be thinking with Watson and Kittle. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a lot, but if you start throwing people like Kittle out, you start throwing some of those defensive linemen that they've built over there yeah. because that's what you have to make sure you do. Does Watson going to the Jets make them how many wins in that division? We're talking about a division that's good now. Right, They're getting way better. How many wins does he get? And and realistically, if he only got four with this team, you're telling me that the Jets are better than this team that was this year? No. So, okay, let's say he oversees what he did this season, and he does seven or something, and then that's one year off the four, and then you gave up multiple first-rounders for this. You gave up the future for this. So then one of those years off that future that you gave up for is gone. So now you're at three, and then boom, he, he maybe improves, and they maybe made seven or eight wins again. And then no playoffs, though, because that's a tough division. AFC is tough to make. Then all of a sudden now you find yourself in these last two years, we've set the franchise back X amount of picks, and we still have so many holes, but we have Watson. We have a superstar. That's what you have to think of here. Can, does it fit my team? What's the ultimate goal of this team? And this does he make this team a playoff contender? But where does Watson want to go because his no trade clause. Ultimately, he holds the hand, or is it – do are we going to get to the? Because I already saw the the you know it's always going to come around x amount of money that he loses per day if he doesn't show up. If we're already there, that's going to be an ugly thing. You saw what happened with the Harden, the whole little Harden fiasco, the way those things fell apart and started burning, and they're still talking about it now. Every time you see a wall, a John Wall interview post game, he says it's because we got guys in the building that want to be here. Yeah, that goes to show you how bad it was. And a new coach in Steve Silas, I just hate that that. And I hate to say that this is the same as far as that coaching because I think the Rockets' coaching situation is is here and the future.
2: I think the Texans' situation themselves might be a bridge. I
1: they don't know how like, long
2: he'll be alive. Well, I'm, Yeah, I mean, you, do you hire a 65-year-old coach for a long-term plan? Probably not. Tell me that Cully didn't sound like a, his, a
1: substitute history teacher when he started on there. He started talking about the history. He started talking about I, – I went and looked up. The, that was a Holiday Inn. The old Holiday Inns used to be called what he what he referred to on there. I said, this sounds like an, like an old history teacher. I said, what do substitute teachers usually do? I told my boy. They usually roll out the TV and put it on Rudy. Yeah. Just roll out the TV and put <laughs> it, it on Rudy. I don't need to hear all this. It's I'm tired of these new coaches – the First off, the, the talks of he's not a great interviewer because if we got Campbell, we got Cully, we got, we
3: got the the, uh, the Eagles' new coach. What about Siri? Yeah, Sirianni? Sirianni.
1: Well, that's what it is. Reading. These guys are reading, and then who knows how much he pre, prepare, prepared for on that speech. Then all of a sudden, I was listening to him, and I'm thinking, what is going on here? What is he even talking about? You're going to tell me guys don't interview well? You're going to tell me Campbell went from interviewing well? And then all of a sudden they gave him the mic and this presser and he goes to talking about uh, talking about biting kneecaps off. It's just I don't believe that. I'm never going to believe that process. And now that you're seeing, OK, with Sirianni and, and even Campbell, I heard the Campbell process. It was seven to ten hours. The interview process, two days. They spent two days together. And I'm thinking, what is this? Like, let's see. how. Let's go out to eat. You want to go bowling? Yeah, let's see how he reacts in bowling. Uh, you, let's go throw a ball with your kids seven to ten hours, two days over a two-day span, and then boom, okay, this is my guy. The Eagles said they went through 25 candidates, 25, which I don't believe that number. But then if you come out with 25 and then you 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 dwindle it down to Sirianni and then
2: that's the first thing that you see, I think someone's lying. I just... What shocks me is the Texans were the first ones to fire their coach, right? <laughs> and there's a couple reasons you do that. One is you fire him first, you can be the first one looking for a new coach, right? They, they know that job's open. The other reason, I think, is they didn't want O'Brien to screw anything else up. So they fired him when they did, so he couldn't make it even worse. But So you fire your coach first, and then you're the last one to hire your coach, and the coach you hired didn't interview with any of the other teams? That we're looking for a head coach? Like, that is alarming. Like, I'm not saying that means he's he's a good or bad coach. I don't know. But the fact that nobody else was interested, and, and I heard Dell talking on the morning show, you know, the trend is hiring these up-and-coming new guys with, you know, these offensive-minded, you know, new young coaches. And and I think Dell said it. Texans, shocker. They're, they're behind the times again, right? They're hiring older coaches that you've never even heard of. <laughs> I
3: said it multiple times because you know, um, not being a fan of the team, I don't need I don't need to possibly delude myself into thinking this might work out if it does. Um, but you know, John Lance, Texas fans, so I keep asking the question, or at least I keep putting it this way: If this works out, if the Cully thing works out, it's because they stumbled their way into it. The the entire process from the jump has been terrible. It, and if they find a way, it's because of luck. You hear the guys talk about, well, now they have a football guy in. And I would say, what was so impressive about Nick Casario? You watch his – if he's – how much credit does he get? Doesn't he get for his time in New England in the last five, six years? You look at those drafts, those things have been terrible for them. Yeah. They, don't, they, don't, they don't pull multiple starters from drafts like they used to. That's not what they do anymore. So is that him? Is that on Bill Belichick? So even if Nick Casario is a good football guy, I don't know that to be the case. We'll find out now that he has his own team. Are, I'm with you, Josh. Am I supposed to believe that if Jack easily put his foot in it again, Casario's going to have the will to say no when the he, the guy got you hired? Yep. So the entire process is backwards. If this works, the Texans did it, and they found a way to do it out of luck. And I don't believe much in luck when it comes to these type of things. And and the other thing I'll ask you to, because I asked him during the week, was the chicken and the egg? Do you know of any franchises that are good while having bad ownership? It's, <laughs> that's a valid question. Because now you say, well, how can they? you say winning cures all? And I believe that to be true, Jerry, does the winning, does do, are there bad owners in leagues, but because they win, we don't know they're bad owners or is it impossible to win when you have a bad owner? Cause it all filters down.
1: And well, what makes a good owner? Because some would say a Dallas Cowboy fan right now would say we're not winning, but I, I stick with my owner. I'll tell you that much. Dallas Cowboy fan will say that. Does that make him an, a good owner because they're not winning? He's had, I mean, look at the guys that they've had at coach. Does that make him a good owner? What What makes a good owner? Is it ultimately winning, or is it the owners don't really care as long as those butts are in the seats like
2: the McNair's get? But I mean, you you make more money if you're winning. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, look at Robert Kraft. I think he's done a pretty good job up there, you know, the massages, you know, set aside and all. He's done a nice job. He listened to Tom Brady. Remember when Garoppolo, when they traded him, Belichick wanted to keep Garoppolo and move on from Brady, and then they went and won another Super Bowl, and now Brady's back in another Super Bowl. So, you know, Robert Kraft made the right decision there, but you also look at bad owners, you know, the Washington football team, Schneider, they've been terrible for years.
1: And then you look at how you said, you know, the upcoming guys, that's what everyone's looking at now, but then... You have to be so careful not to say Matt Patricia is anything, but you saw the Lions. They try to say, okay, we could take a piece of something that won and put them here. He showed up to to Detroit with a, with a Denny's menu as a play call sheet and a pencil in his ear, and that he thought that he could bring the Patriot way to that team. It, they're not going to bite into that. They're not going to believe into that. And then what do you see? They went from one extremity to now from Patricia to a guy that's going to bite kneecaps off. Mm-hmm. That's just – it's one or the other. They're so confused, and then now you have – a GM that has ties with golf saying, you know what? There's still something in him. I gave up so much before in him, and we made that contract with him, that extension, and here we are again. Let's go right to the HRP listening line again because you want to get it off your chest on this Sunday. Ben, get it off your chest.
0: Hey, can you guys hear me?
1: Yeah,
2: go ahead. I got you.
4: All right, hey, I got a quick question. Let's say we're
5: we're able to get a boatload of draft picks for Bishon Watson, right? And in 2021, we suck. We, we get the top three picks in the draft. My question is even if we get all these picks and a top three pick, will the organization still be good? Will the culture actually change because it's led by Jack used to be and Cal McNair? And Cal McNair. Uh, I'll hang up and listen.
2: Nah, ben makes a good point. And are they going to hit on the draft picks? You know, we automatically assume that, oh, this is great. You get all these top draft picks. People miss all the time. You know, I think it was Charlie Casserly, the the Texans' former general manager, that would throw around stats like a first round pick is a fifty percent to to pay off, you know, and to be worth where you drafted them. A second round pick they hit at about a forty percent clip. So going off of those percentages, I mean, you could easily just miss on that first round pick for Deshaun, and and then what do you have?
1: Talking about percentages, I will tell you where you don't miss, and that's at my bookie. Ooh, they that's give true. you the best percent. And in a week, you're going to use those percentages off the bets that we give you here, the tips that we give you here. We're going to have a prop bet extravaganza. We're going to use my bookie lines next week. We're going to give you a little bit of angles on that game, whether it's the Gatorade color, whether it's the national anthem, whether it's cross-sport parlays. They also have on that Sunday basketball games going. If you want to say X player is going to have as much as X player in receiving yards in football, you can cross-sport plays on next Sunday. It's The biggest Sunday for gambling in in, in sports. That's what we live for. Even whenever I wasn't gambling full-time, it's something that guided me to that because I would always think, you mean that I can gamble on the the color of the Gatorade? I can gamble on what songs are going to be played at halftime? And you can do that at mybookie.ag. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go over there. You're going to use promo code radio, and you're going to start winning. It's that easy because they make it that easy because they have people behind the scenes. I've been around this game for a long time, and there have been many sites that I would go to, and – I'd win my money, and that was part of the gamble. The other part of the gamble was to get my money out. And my book, you don't have that problem. They have people there. They have a great customer service group, and they will be there to guide you on how to get your money out. I would go to these other places and I'd win, and it'd take me seven, ten days to get my money back. By that time, the degenerate gambler I am, I've already bet it. I'd cancel, I'd cancel my withdrawal. Oh, I'm betting this. I'm betting it to the house. By the time that next game got here, I'd already lose it, and I'm depositing again. You don't get that at my booking, but only you got to use this promo code radio because then you have the upper hand again. They're giving you money to beat them. You deposit a hundred. Now you got 200. Now you have bullets to fire, as I call it. You want to have bullets to fire to be able to play volume, and you get that at MyBookie. Go ahead over there, open an account, start following our bets. Next week, the prop bet extravaganza at MyBookie.ag.
0: ESPN 97.5. I assumed you knew. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5.
1: And on ESPN 92.5.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: This place perfect for today. Let's loosen it up a little bit. I know we've talked a lot of Watson, a lot of, a lot of what ifs. Well, man, I came across this story from Chris Jones from Esquire um, talking about Tricky Ricky Williams. I know you're a UT guy, and I know... Uh, Dale's a big college fan. How big was Ricky Williams? Because uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't a big college guy back then. I've always been real, real hard on NFL, and I kind of grew into the college game. How special was Tricky Ricky Williams?
3: You know, I mean, back then, because of the number he wore later in his career, because I think he started off wearing 11 or something, but he ended up with 34. It was um, the Earl stuff. It was like he's big running back, fast, powerful, could run through and pass dudes. He, he it was. This was the next great Texas running back. Uh, he w- he was big. I was only. I was. I was a teenager at the time, and I was in California, so I didn't. I wasn't fully immersed into the 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 Ricky hype here. But he was a Heisman Trophy candidate at one point. Just his team wasn't good enough. Texas was a team that, um, well, kind of what they are now, kind of middling. Um, he was. He was big time and you saw how, where he got drafted it's funny uh the the guy in his same draft uh, I think it was Edge Edger and James came out of nowhere really I mean he he had that big game against UCLA and kept them from winning a national title I think he almost rushed for 300 yards and then and then there was all of a sudden a second running back and the Colts took him but Ricky was the the dude that's why wrongfully Mike Ditka gave up all those
2: picks for him he did and it was it was the height weight speed like a little little Bo Jackson to him, you know, is a big dude that can just run like the wind. And I actually was, you know, going to just getting to the college age at that time. And I, and I went to Texas eventually. So Ricky was a big deal back then, man. And man, and and Dell, I mean, he was, he was great for your dolphins for a few years too. Yeah.
3: The the Ricky thing he, um, the dolphins were during, I think it was the Wanstead years. Can you, you, so you can understand some of my misery, um, (laughs) <laughs> they were supposed to be pretty good, and then you hear in the middle of the summer, Ricky Williams has retired. You're like, what? What? This was this this was before. Well, I mean, this you you understood Barry doing it, um, but because the Lions hadn't been good and Barry was just done. But Ricky was supposed to be the the prime component of a potential Super Bowl, at least a playoff team. And you hear right before training camp, almost he's done, and you're like, wow. So it was it was shocking,
1: and that's what brings me to this story. It was so fascinating to me. So, Chris Jones, he wrote a piece called "Chasing Ricky." So he goes back to whenever Ricky went missing after that. You know, he 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 basically went off the face of the earth for a little bit. He said, "I'm out," and said he hit up his coach from Hawaii and said, "Peace." You know, it just called up. I guess they had a good connection. Either way, he says that he made it a point to he wanted to get that interview with Ricky Williams. So he starts chasing him down, and this is me uh, reading off what he had wrote. Man, it's so fascinating. Check it out. He said, I was like, I want to be the guy who finds him. My memory's a little foggy here, but I think if I I I think I got Ricky, uh, Ricky's email address from his godfather. It was an AOL account, I remember. So I wrote Ricky. I asked him, and he talked to me. He hit me back, and he replied. And I said, if I find you wherever you're at, will you give me an interview? And he said, yes, I'll give you everything. So he said he makes it a point. And at that point, there had been report, uh, reports that Ricky had been from Fiji, Japan, Australia. So he says, this guy Chris Jones says, man, I've had i I've been to Australia. I lived there before, so I started there. I went to the hippie beach, whatever that beach is. He said, I know I know where a lot of the hippies would be, so I kind of try to put one and one together. He said after being there for a bit, he ran into some guys that he, he thought maybe would know, guys that look like some ston- stoners, you know, whatever. And they basically guided him to a camp, like outside of, of where the city limits were, where there was just a bunch of a tents set up, a bunch of smoking going down, a bunch of whatever going on out there. And he said that they pointed him that direction. Little do you know that Ricky ended up being out there. That's where he found Ricky. He says that he ends up going through mazes, going out in the jungle. It was in the jungle looking. And basically they t- pointed him to a tent, at which point he opens it. And he sees Ricky Williams, and he tells Ricky, "Hey, I found you. I'm I'm Chris Jones." Ricky starts laughing, and they hang out for the next week. Just to me, this is insane. But it just goes to show you, like every. That's why I wanted to open up with what was Ricky, because you see him. That he's supposed to be that guy with the jersey he wore. Uh, what you gave up for him, like what he was supposed to be as a player, and then for it to go from from A to Z to. I don't know what that is out there, but to find Tricky Ricky Williams in a, in a tent smoking Chiba in the middle of Australia, or let's not even say in the middle, on the outskirts of wherever they were in Australia, to me is just fantastic, the story. And he ended up going through, imagine, off an email that he got from the Godfather. This guy, Chris Jones, was persistent saying, let me, let me just reach out. Ricky out there rolling one up, gets the email notification, says, you know what, yeah, if
2: you find me, I'll give you everything. Well, he found him that's unbelievable. And that's, you know, I bring up the Bo Jackson thing with Ricky, too, because he played baseball. And Ricky loved playing baseball, too. He ended up going with football just because, you know, he got drafted so high. But he was an incredible athlete. And when I worked at another radio station, we'd have Ricky on, like, once a week. Really good dude. He's a really good guy. I enjoyed getting to talk to him. Now, I always talk about – I want to segue from hippie to hippie.
1: What do we call Bill Walton? <laughs> Like, hi. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't know how he keeps getting these gigs because obviously his name, and and, and at one point he was one of the better guys at what he does, If whether, I mean, I guess it depends your your taste. But now he's just gotten out of control. And we've seen him eat, did you see the clip where he ate the cupcake before singing on a a cupcake with a candle? He just go ahead, and I don't even want to use the term, but it's, It requires throat and something else. (laughs) But uh, he basically just downs the whole, uh, takes a chunk out of the the cake with the the lit candle on it. That's where we are now. I've seen him talk about psychedelics during the middle of a game. (laughs) And then I'm watching a game this weekend, and it sounds like this.
2: Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday.
1: At this point, he gets a... a a brownie or cake and he and he's putting it with a lit candle
0: oh man it just doesn't get any better than that thank you cameron hurley for my life and here's to yours
1: like i I question myself yeah and if you go 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 check out the clip and you're gonna see That audio doesn't know justice on you're saying, well, that's a lit candle. And and then he eats it and everyone's just watching him. How awkward is that? If you're calling a game and you're just thinking, how do I how do I
2: respond to this? And I just think there's nobody better for these jobs. (laughs) I guess not. Well, he just strikes me as more of like an LSD or a a mushrooms kind of guy. You know, Ricky was your your weed guy. So I don't know. Lit candle. Why not? I mean, I just to me, man, sometimes I look at some of these guys and maybe
1: now that you get older, maybe I'm becoming a grumpy old guy, you know, or middle aged guy, because to me, it's just get this guy out of here. But at the same time, to find out that I went and Googled because, I, I, you know, I heard about it and and it was in his first instance. He's done this before and then he's gone off the rails. And at one point or another, I'm starting to get tired of these guys. Another one that came up, Vitel. Right. And and I I mean, I don't know what's going on with him, but first you saw and I'm not putting one and one together, but you saw the little post of him with the Pepto. Uh, He has like a Pepto bottle next to him. And now all of a sudden they say that people around him say that he's been talking about death a lot. And I'm thinking I'm getting old then, I guess, because. Death Vitell and just the way he said it I'm thinking man I'm not wanting you to die but just get off the mic I'm tired of Vitell you you still a Vitell fan Adele or, or are you
3: done with I've this been thing? off him for a while now I mean I am the I am happy CBS has a tournament they're they're brought their family of networks because it means I don't have to listen to Vitell
2: <laughs> That's fair because he's a
3: ESPN guy It becomes a
1: gimmick right It's just like yeah it's too much It it's too much on little plays it's just it's just too much and then, again, I, I see him, and but you start thinking because some people say that, that or, or sources are saying that there's something going on with his health here and there, and now all of a sudden there's that he's talking about death and he goes on to it. It's in the middle of a blowout, and he just goes into death, starts talking about death, and you talking about he has to enjoy every day, and you're thinking, wow, I'm getting old. I opened it with – I'm getting old with rivers leaving and, and breeze maybe walking off into the sunset. The day that that psychedelic Walton dies –
2: or or Vitel goes, then then I mean I'm getting one inch closer. No doubt about it, man. That boy, these guys can just stay on forever with a lot of these jobs. It's pretty impressive. That
3: that point is perfect because I was thinking, just guys like we we do we cover these things. They because some guy will tweet something or do something that gets them fired. You're like man, you know we talk about college sports teams. Excuse me about retreats getting rehired. Do you know how almost easy it is to stay in this medium as long as you're established as long as you don't do something stupid mm-hmm. like you can continue to get work after work name you can go from one major network to another maybe it's a regional network but as long as you don't do something really dumb you can be pretty awful and keep your job as yep. long as you get established and that's why you always shake your head at these guys who tweet something just don't get yourself involved you can be you can be vital you can be Walter. you can be and just hang around for 30 years eating chocolate cake. And it looks like you got doo-doo all over your face Did you <laughs> on your lips. That's what it looks I'm like. I'm telling you guys, look it up and you're going to laugh. It's just, it's just to see him do
1: that in the middle of a game, you're thinking what went through his mind. And you look at the other broadcasters and it's just, it's awkward. And the same thing with I tell us, like how do, once he's talking about counting his last line, his last days and enjoy them. And you're thinking, bro, we got a game to call. I mean,
2: mean, we saw Calvin Murphy talk about James Harden opening up a can of quit, but he didn't realize his mic was still hot. You know, like, if as long as you don't make one of those type of mistakes like Dell's talking about or tweet something stupid, you're going to keep that gig. How about that producer? Is he still employed right now? Well, I mean, you're supposed to – you know the rule. When there's a a mic in front of you, you just have to assume it's on. You know what I mean? Like, that's not on Dell. You know, if I say something stupid and the, and the mic catches me, that's my fault.
1: I'll tell you what's not going to be right, and it is going to be your fault, and that's if you mess with all these other books that, that aren't trustworthy. And I, that's what I'm going to use here. It's hard to use the word trust when you're gambling. That's something you have to develop. But at the very least, you can't trust my picks. Or sometimes when I go off on these rants and go get to losing, you can trust mybookie.ag. A G. Why? Because they're gonna pay you. That's what you're in this for. It's cool getting on there and showing screenshots and saying, "Hey, I won this," and telling people that you gamble. But it's even better whenever you get that money when you get paid. And that's what you get over at MyBookie.ag. You, they make sure that's in their slogan. I mean, you win, you get paid. Or you win, you play, you, you get paid. That's that's what you that's what you're there for. But obviously getting free money i mean who out there go to a casino in vegas right now are they going to stand outside and say hey here deposit 100 bucks we're going to give you 100 go in there and beat us you don't get that and with mybookie.ag, that's what you're getting they're obviously wanting your business because they trust in their product and they're saying come try us out on the house you deposit some we're going to match that and get to winning get to playing and get to getting on those bookie busters again it's mybookie.ag using promo code radio get ready for next sunday it's going down Well,
0: hello! To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5.
1: And on ESPN 92.5.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: I want to give a shout out to everyone on Twitch for hanging out with us this morning. You know, every time we do shout outs, I always think of uh, Dale. And I always think, man, am I biting him? So for the people of Moneyline... Will you grant me the powers to uh, do shout-outs as you had on your show? Because they they were the first ones to really do it shout-out style.
3: That that means you should be giving all credit to Raheel. That was his idea. Our dearly departed Um, RIP um, to Raheel. Uh, he's not dead if you don't know who Raheel is he's not dead <laughs> we just do that when people no longer are with us on on the station that was his idea to get people involved because we want it to be a show that people much like this show is so um it would be a fair tribute to him um if you do that because considering you weren't there for the eulogy so you might as well do this
1: all right Well, day hey, you heard it here no trademark issues get this cut in case we got to go to court with Raheel at some point but shout out to everyone honestly man it's been a few weeks we didn't know uh, if yo would ever remember us. That's why we wanted to make sure that we came out and closed it out strong. It's, at the end of the day, trying to keep Josh safe as well. And you see me, I caught this the, the the thing, the the virus, and I'm still masked up. So just to to end the show on this last segment, just stay masked up, stay uh, show courtesy to others, even if you did have it. But shout out to Titan Hugo, Chuck D, Heffacito from from another state. We got Titan Hugo and his Titans. He's talking about Royal Rumble, Brian. Uh, Crystal, Total Dallas, all of you, we, are pretty, we, we appreciate it. Hanging out on a Sunday morning, it's like we uh, we never miss a step, and we appreciate you. Every time we sign off, I always say this this show wouldn't be possible without the support that you've all given, given us. Even, like I said, we, we gamble. It's not always winning. This isn't called winning. It's called gambling, and that gamble, sometimes it doesn't go that well, and for whatever reason, you guys don't turn your back on us, so we appreciate you.
2: No doubt about it. And, and speaking of gambling, the Super Bowl coming up is – it's a little tricky for Jerry and myself because we have a couple of rules on the Moneyline show. If you listen, you know this. My main rule is don't bet against Tom Brady. I mean, man, he made me a lot of money the last couple of years in the playoffs in particular. When, when all the money is in the middle of the table, that's when you don't want to bet against Tom. That's usually when he comes through. And that's why I was on him plus the points against Aaron Rodgers last week because I saw him go beat Drew Brees, and I'm like, man, I bet he does it again, and sure enough, it worked. Our other rule, and this one's from Jerry, and I go by this rule too, too, is if Mahomes is only favored by three, then you go ahead and pull the trigger on that. Typically, the Chiefs, they're going to cover that three points for you, but guess what with the Super Bowl? We get a number that puts it right there. So which way do we go? Do we go with the never bet against Brady? Or do we go with the always take Mahomes if it's three or less? Both of
1: our rules are basically at play here. I'm looking at Josh like he's a suspect. After after the show's over, check out on Twitch because we're going mano a mano. I mean, at this point, we've gotten to here, and it's uh, one of one one or the other has to not be true for this yeah. particular instant. Which is it? You're going to have to listen to next week to see where we're at. But I got a feeling we're going to be on different sides again. And, and and many are thinking, well, Jerry's going to go with the Chiefs. I wouldn't be so sure of that either, to be honest with you. I got a few angles. We're going to get to those. But uh, the only place to play these angles is mybookie.ag. And I'm going to sign off the show like that because we built trust with you guys on this show. We st- I tell you that we wouldn't be here on air if it wasn't for you guys showing up every Sunday. Well, I wouldn't be making money and getting paid and my kids eating good if it wasn't for my bookie paying out on time. And that's why I tell you, I've been down this road. I've gone down that uh, trying to withdraw. And they don't call me for 10 days when they call, uh, they finally hit me back. Hey, I thought you wanted to withdraw. Yeah, the money's gone. I need another deposit, as a matter of fact. You don't get that at mybookie.ag. Why? Because you're automatically starting with a head start. You, you, you're already ahead of the line by using promo code RADIO. You use promo code radio. You deposit whether it's a hundred dollars, whether you even want to start off with five hundred. They're going to match you, and once you get matched, now you have money to play with, house money. And whenever you use the term house money in in the gambling world, you're automatically on top. Imagine going to a casino, and they tell you you're you going to have a great time, and when you come back, you're going to have the same amount of money as that that you had when you left. You say, "I'm in." I'm in. Let's go. Who's got the drinks? And that's what you have. No drinks, but promo code radio, and you're going to get the 100%, 100% deposit bonus. You're listening to Moneyline. Thank you for all you keeping up with us and checking in on Sunday. Be ready because it's going down. It's the Super Bowl show, prop bet, extravaganza. Peace.
4: This is hydrogen Trophy winner and college football hall of fame, Mike Rozier, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5.